Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. A massive week for Ireland football has started with a bang with the news that two more talented teenagers are off to Bristol City this summer. We'll hear from one of them, Ben Acey, on what it's like to be following in his close friend Alex Scott's footsteps. We'll also get Tony Vance's reaction to the news and find out a bit more about how the link with the Robins is getting stronger all the time. And with the Marathi just days away now, we'll get his take on their early preparation ahead of our full preview later in the week. Uh, on the club side, it's been another busy few days. Wins for the Ireland under-18s in the Stranger Cup and North's under-18s in the Junior Upton. Uh, two defeats for St Martins in the FA Cup and Jeremy Cup to look back on too. Uh, reaction to all of that to come. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr and with me this week, it's Gareth the Prevo. Hi, Tony. And James Faller. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you guys. It is all happening at once. Um, it is a, a mad week of local sport um, and, and football yeah, right at the heart of it with the return of the Marathi. We'll be back, uh, as I say, later in this week with a, a full Marathi preview. But let's um, take in all of the stuff that's been happening um, over the last few days. Let's start with that news from the West Country. It was, it was confirmed on Friday, and it's been widely known for a while, of course, that Ben AC has signed professional terms with Bristol City. Uh, but not just that, it was a double announcement with Tim Apshin also set to make the move over there to join Alex Scott. Apshin as a first-year scholar. Um, three Guernsey youngsters at Bristol next season then. Um, we've also got Joe Adams at Wigan, of course, Mayor at Brighton um, chaps this almost feels like the sort of stuff that you kind of have read in Rob's sort of archive pieces about sort of you know groups of Guernsey when going over I think to Nottingham Forest in the 50s that kind of stuff um, but it's not something we've seen for ages and they, they just sort of seem to, to keep coming I mean what, what was your reaction to the, to the news Jim? Oh, it's great isn't it I mean um, when I was a lad first into football you know you, you get the sticker albums and you're looking to see who comes from Guernsey and there was none in the 70s I mean there was Chris Jones played for Spurs from Jersey uh, and he was you know so he, he was your Channel Island role model but there was no Guernsey role model until uh, until Matt came on the scene, obviously. Um, so it's, it's great news. I wish them all the best. Yeah, Gareth, um, obviously we, we knew Ben AC was coming, but for Tim Apshon, it's all happened uh, very quickly as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the well, the three of them with Alex as well kind of develop next season because they're all at obviously slightly different stages, different ages as well. Yeah, I thought um, Vancey was very pleased with himself that he managed to keep the Tim Apshon one quiet until <laughs> on Friday. It was, it was, uh, it came to the fore. Um, yeah, there's, um, there's obviously a lot of talent there. I mean, Alex Scott is. It, it, we can't go sort of too much on how well Alex has done because he he is exceptional and he's sort of you know playing over thirty games in the championship this year and he's only eighteen or whatever. I mean that that is some going. Um, but Ben and Tim, they've shown their ability over here. They're, they're sort of obviously above the, the level we can provide. And it's just great to see them get this opportunity. I mean, um, Ben, ever since he sort of went on trial to Bristol City and they made their intentions clear, I think he's almost grown in stature. Whenever you see him play for GFC or in the under-18s or what have you, he, he just looks like a really confident lad now. And um, um, that's shown in his performances. And yeah, whenever I've seen Tim, he's, um, he's really impressed me with um, his touch, his pace. Um, his eye for a goal um, and I'm not surprised that um, he impressed the Bristol City coaches either but um, no it's just it's great there to see them making these strides yeah it's interesting to hear Brian Tinian who's kind of right at the heart of the academy set up over there speak on a, on a podcast it's a Bristol based podcast over the weekend about these signings and about how him, well about Ben Acey but also about Tim Upshin and how impressed the coaches there had been with him sort of when he was kind of parachuted in by Tony Vance after scoring that goal um, you know off the bench yeah Tony um, I think after Tim Upshin scored that goal on his debut I think he just immediately thought he's obviously um, 
full, full of confidence right now. He, he would show the coaches what he's capable of because he's in that mindset and he's, he just thought, right, I think it's best time for him to go and obviously prove right because um, he certainly impressed them and um, he also did it in front of the watching first team manager, Nigel Pearson, as well. So um, that's if you're going to make an impression, you might as well do it in front of the, the top man as well. So, uh, no, it's, it's great for Tim. It's great for his family. And, um, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's almost remarkable to think we're going to have three guys at professional club from sort of like this summer. It's, it's just great for Guernsey football. Yeah, you mentioned about the timing there. That's something Tony Vance was telling us a bit earlier on. Uh, you kind of how crucial that is when they should go, yeah, getting that timing right. We'll hear from him in a moment. First, though, um, let's hear from one of those youngsters making the move to Bristol this summer, Ben AC. Um, as I say, it's been known about for a little while after that trial a few months ago, um, but fantastic to see it finally confirmed on Friday. He popped in for a chat with me a bit earlier on. Ben, first of all, congratulations um, on the contract. Uh, the announcement came out on Friday. Just sort of paint the picture of what it's been like for you the last few months, because obviously the trial was you know, a little while ago, and we've sort of known that this has been in the offing, but we've had to wait for the confirmation. Has it been sort of difficult to, to kind of keep yourself focused? Yeah, it's hard, obviously. Thank you, first of all, for congratulations. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been hard having to keep it a secret, but obviously... A lot of people know, and it's kind of in Guernsey, everything just gets around anyway. So I've had loads of people coming up to me and speaking about it. And then, obviously, with the announcement on Friday, kind of heard loads of messages and stuff. And it's been really nice. Like, everyone's been really supportive. So it's good. But, yeah, keeping it quiet, when people kind of knew, I wasn't really sure what I could say. And, like, if you watched one of Al's interviews a couple of weeks back, he got, obviously, he, <laughs> yeah. someone brought it up to him, and he was a bit like, oh, I don't know. It's like, he's obviously knew you probably shouldn't be talking about it, but I think it was kind of quite well known anyway yeah. so what was it like officially though seeing it out on the you know on the social channels of Bristol City and their website on Friday I mean that must have been a pretty surreal moment it was yeah you're right it was that's the word I was going to use it was pretty surreal like it's just like well it's something I've worked for my whole life and that you have your times where you doubt it and then you have the times where you're like oh, I can do this so to finally see it like obviously I've not I've not made it yet or anything but to see obviously it's such a good opportunity and to see that was just yeah it was really like just it was really nice, obviously, and just pretty surreal. Yeah, what was the reaction like? Uh, as you're saying before, your phone probably hasn't stopped. Yeah, well, my when I turned my phone on, it was dead, and I had, it just had a bunch of notifications, and I clicked on it, and I just looked at it, and I was like, like I, I was just a bit kind of speechless. I was like, oh, fair enough. Like, it's, it's just really cool, really, honestly. Like, even though it was a horribly kept secret, it was just, to see it official was just awesome. And obviously your news has come out alongside um, great news for Tim Apshin as well, um, for whom it's happened very quickly and obviously is a little younger than you. I mean, how, how special is it to to have sort of two of you going over there to join Alex? For, it's awesome for Guernsey football. Like, Tim just deserves just as much as me. Like, I was messaging some of the boys that I stayed in contact with while he was on trial and they're saying he was doing really well. And he's got loads of attention, like, and like his debut was nuts. The way he came on, scored that goal the sixth celebration with his friends that was cool so but yeah for Guernsey it's just it's just really good and it shows there's a pathway because I think for a long time people thought there wasn't really a pathway out of Guernsey for footballers but we're kind of hopefully starting to turn the tide for that which yeah. is good and you're both going to go over there to join Alex um with something he hasn't got which is Guernsey FC goal um <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah I'm sure he won't be too uh, too disappointed the way things have gone for him I've let him know about that don't you worry I've, I've yeah. given I've digging into a few times about that <laughs> how has it been for you I know you guys are very good friends yeah. watching him 
do what he's done over the last year or so. I mean, number one, just you know, how pleased are you for him as a as a as a as a friend and as a player? But also, how much has he changed the your mindset in terms of what's possible? I'm so happy for him, honestly. Like every time I see he's, like, every time I've got a game, we usually have games at the same time. And the first thing I do after every game is go reload the feed, and obviously doesn't say often he scores but when he scores it brings a big smile to my face and I usually give it a retweet and everything but I'm so happy for him honestly like he deserves it as well and he's just been he's just become so like developed so much so quickly and like obviously everything with England as well it's just like it's crazy and seeing him do that has obviously motivated me more and I feel like whenever I do like play with him even if he's just having a kick about like I'm play better so it's 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 weird but it's it's really good and I'm buzzing for him obviously because you guys have had a relatively similar journey sort of up, up to the point that you kind of signed for Bristol City just tell us about the similarities and how long you guys have sort of known each other and we both joined Southampton when we were eight and I think he got released when he was 13 I was 14 but we was, so that whole time I was at Swampton, we just every single weekend we'd be flying over together, staying in the hotel together. So every weekend we just spend every minute together, just playing football, literally in the hotel, in the park, watching football, and then obviously going and play for Swampton. He was a year above me, obviously, so we didn't play together much, like with Swampton, but obviously we were just in and around each other all the time. And then obviously we both got released, but ever since then we've stayed super close. Like we're literally. Like he's one of my closest friends for sure. So, and then we've since we both back, we've playing football together, and then he got picked up two years ago now, and uh, and I got picked up recently. So they are very similar, like both Southampton to released, just normal football, like local football. Then going to the FC, then obviously Tony's worked a bit of magic and. We've both done what we need to do when we went away. Yeah, so amazing. Good. And has he given you any advice um, about, you know, how you should approach things when you get there? You know, what what what, are, what kind of things have you been talking about? We we always speak. So we're obviously, he's he was obviously given me lots of advice and said just he gave me lots of confidence coming into the trial because I was I was quite nervous. I was like I haven't been in this environment for years, and he just made me sure made sure I knew I, like I'd be in, I was in the right area. Like I wouldn't be out of place, and he gave me like the confidence, just made me feel comfortable. And I think going away, knowing everyone, knowing he was like I was friends with him, kind of made me feel more welcome because he'd been accepted because he was been doing so well. Everyone accepted him; they kind of just naturally accepted me a bit more, yeah. which made it a lot easier for me, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, he's given me some like advice. Just but he's, the main thing he told me is just enjoy it because if you're not enjoying it, you're not going to progress and you're not going to like do what you need to do. So just enjoy it and you'll be all right. Yeah, fantastic. And it, you mentioned the trial there. Um, what was that day like? What was the match like? I mean, as you say, it was a few uh, few months ago. Um, but did you feel, once you got on that pitch and, and you, you were sort of amongst those players, that actually this was a level that, that you were comfortable with? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think with the 18, because I trained with the 18s, I was there for two weeks. So I had two games with the 18s in which both of them I felt like I'd asserted myself on the pitch, like, I'd play. I performed well, and like I definitely wasn't out of place. I think when I played with the twenty threes, which was on the last day, I think I hadn't been told yet if I'd sign or not, so I was still really nervous because obviously I was get I was leaving that night as well, so I kind of knew I had to play well, and I think that was a game where I was kind of like, well, like kind of because technically, physically, and just mentally, it's so much quicker and demanding. So that was kind of the game where I was like, okay, this is like. 
like that. I wasn't like oh, I'm out of place here because I know I can play in that. But I was like, this is like this is football. Yeah. Like it was, but it was good, and looking forward to going over and playing twenty threes for sure. Yeah. I think Alex played half a season for GFC before he went, and he pretty much went straight off. You know, you've you've sort of played the full season yeah. and making that debut in the first game at Foots Lane, um, as I say, scoring a couple of goals. Um, it looks like you've really enjoyed that experience of, of playing, so testing kind of senior football and, and also in terms of like just being around, I guess, older players and, and the, the sort of the kind of, I don't know, um, what's the word, you know, the, the sort of banter in the dressing room and everything, you know, you, I'm sure you've, you've taken a bit of stick this season. I think as a young you're always bound to take some stick. <laughs> yeah. and, but and it looks like that's been a great experience for you. I'd be, yeah, I'd be lying if I hadn't taken so much stick. Like everything I do, I get stick for whatever shoes I wear, They'll like Jamie Dodd is the worst. He'll pick on me for anything, but obviously you not know, Keanu Straubs, Faz, Tommy Martin, and like like they're non-stop. So I've taken my fair bit of stick, but as the seasons come on, I've dished out a bit more, and I feel like they they all they all do respect me, which is which is good. Like they all have respect for me. I hope anyway. Yeah, of course, of course. But yeah, that's one, something I'm really grateful for because everyone in the environment, from coaches to players. To even fans have been really like welcoming and accepting, and they've made it so easy to just settle in because it's not easy coming in at 17 and playing with men who you're trying to take their position from. But I couldn't have asked for a better group of lads to do it with, honestly. Like, they're all so, so good. Like, honestly. Can do more complimentary. Yeah, fantastic. And you've had a you've had a pretty busy few weeks. There's been so many games. GFC obviously had a busy end of the season. There's been age group Marathis. You're trying to finish off some school stuff as well. I think yeah. before you go, what's A-levels. life like at the moment? I mean, is it is it it's, just chaos? It's chaos, and it's I'm trying to balance everything because I leave three days after my last exam. So I'm trying to take a bit of a summer now during my exams, but then I know I've got to revise as well. And then we've got a lot of football, a lot of training at the moment, obviously with the Marathi on Sunday, Saturday even. So it's, it, is, it is a lot, but I'm enjoying it. Like, I wouldn't change it for anything, honestly. So despite it being a lot, I'm, I'm happy. And it's I'm looking forward to going away and I'm enjoying myself right now. And I'm happy with like how the season's gone. That's great to hear. And obviously you've got an opportunity to sign off in style on Saturday um, with the senior Marathi. I mean... Just take us inside your head for, for that one because, um, yeah, you know, if you could be involved on the pitch there and, and, and bring that trophy home, it would be an amazing way to, to bow out. Yeah, I've, I'm desperate to win this. I've never won Marathi. I'm 0-4, so four losses, zero wins. And so if we win this Marathi, if I leave last game to win, it would be would be special. And I'd I want to win, so so desperate to win, to be fair. So hopefully we can all put a good performance together and um, beat them. And obviously, you, 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 we were talking about it before, you watched, um, or you, you were following um, North's under-18s, obviously over in Jersey, getting the job done in the Portsmouth Trophy on Saturday. Um, I know you haven't been hugely involved with that team this season, but obviously they're all um, players that are close to you. Um, what, yeah, how pleased were you for, for them to, to go and win that? I was del- I was buzzing. I was at my mate's house, and I was just, I saw it went to the 80th minute, and then it said about Jersey scoring a goal, and I was like, no reloaded it again and it said they were free to up and I couldn't believe it so I just kept reloading it reloading it reloading it and then um said Owen scored and I was I was I literally I was at my friend's house on the sofa and I jumped up and said come on like I was so happy for them because like even the coaches like they've worked hard all season and they definitely deserve the win like they're a good team a lot of good players in there Keane Jamie 
Drillo, George McNeilo, Owen, Wallace. Like they're a good team, so happy for them. And a lot of those players won the pitch with you in the Stranger Cup final yeah. uh, last week um, with that victory over North. It was an interesting yeah. matchup. Um, I'm sure an interesting <laughs> one for the for the North players to be involved in. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what was that experience like? It was weird because I hadn't played like kind of Prio level since the start of the season. So I wasn't really sure what to expect. And I wasn't sure whether the North would be the more dominant side or under 18s because obviously they'd have the physical advantage on us. But we were obviously a bit fitter. And I think that's what proved on the night we were a bit fitter. We were running around a lot more. And I think it was a really good performance from us. Um, we moved the ball around nicely. It's just a shame we couldn't have done that in the variety. But we did really well. And it was nice to get a trophy. Yeah, no, it was great to see. And um, just finally, looking back to Bristol, um, obviously, as you said, you spent a couple of weeks there. I mean, just what, what's the setup like like at the club? I mean, how much are you looking forward to just being, you know, day-to-day, being there, kind of working on your game and, and seeing how far you can go? I couldn't be more excited, to be, to be honest. The facilities there are incredible. And, like, while I was there, I was just... Because, obviously, I was living the same life as them, pretty much. And I was just like... It was just so... Obviously, it was demanding, but it was what I enjoyed doing so it wasn't like it didn't feel like I was it just felt like I was playing football so I'm really excited to go over there prove myself and just get better every day and hopefully progress and follow in our footsteps yeah when you think how quickly he's progressed through to the first team and now is a kind of you know, pretty much first name on the team sheet maybe Andy Vyman might be above him <laughs> I mean yeah have you kind of got targets in your mind obviously the, the Bristol City fans are going to be quite excited about you after what Alex yeah. has done it's maybe a bit of pressure he hasn't set low standards for <laughs> sure for sure but um yeah hopefully my, my target is to make my first team debut next season whether that happens or not but I, I don't know, but that is my target and I think it's not out of reach. If I play well for the 23s, that's that's the pathway up. So, fingers crossed. I'll do, and I'll take the opportunity I've got with both hands and if I can if I can make that debut next season and just push on from there like Alex has, that would be phenomenal. And obviously he's attracted this Guernsey Grealish tag. Can you stake a claim for someone, I mean, for, for the the nickname that, that you might carry over there? Have you thought about who you kind of, you best compare with or who you... I'm not saying any names. I don't want <laughs> yeah, yeah. to link myself to a player that would be completely different to yeah. them. But he's got the Grealish because of the low socks, which I've told him he has to sort out because yeah. they're terrible. But I'm, I, I'm not saying any names for comparisons. I'll let, the, I'll let fans and other players decide. Yeah. But yeah. I've had a few comparisons to Smith Rowe, but I think that's more because of the way I look, so, apparently. But oh, well, there you go. We'll see. We'll <laughs> it's see. decided. It's decided. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming in. Um, no yeah, it's honestly awesome to see, uh, see you taking this step, and best of luck in the Marathi. We'll uh, yeah, be following that obviously very closely. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Ben AC speaking to me there. Well, we wanted to get a bit more about the Bristol link and get an early check-in on the mood in the Marathi camp with Tony Vance, the island manager, of course, this season, and the man who's been making that final connection to get some of our best young players these big opportunities. Tony, yeah, start of a, a very big week. Um, we're going to hear more from you Marathi-wise on Wednesday's pod. Um, but just give us a give us a sort of window into to you know what the build up has been like so far and the challenges you face. Yeah, so we're we're trying to ramp it up now. Uh, obviously, uh, luckily, the sort of fixtures now have finished in terms of the, the challenges we've had locally. With uh, St Martin's obviously been very successful this year. Um, North and the under 18s have all had games as well. So uh, I think we've had I'm going to say seven or eight sessions. Uh, of seven of them we've only had nine players <laughs> maximum 
training because of uh, the, the fixture congestion problems. So uh, that's been difficult because you, you, you can't prepare with nine players. So it's all it's doing is really just ticking them over. Uh, and then uh, Thursday last week, nine days before the Marathi was, was great joy because we had our first full session. So uh, it, it's not been ideal, but um, you know, at no point am I looking for an excuse here. It is what it is, but I think I think really, at some point we need to sit down and and uh, and try and look at how we can help our island team uh, give it the best chance because at the moment we're not and and that's in eighteen twenty ones seniors sixteens there's got to be some form of window where the, the coaches of those teams can get a chance to prepare their teams and and what I mean by that is they need fixtures yeah uh, and. Uh, you know, obviously, the key for for, for that comment is, is about the fact that we're all together in this. We're all Guernseymen. Uh, we all want to win, and uh, when it doesn't happen, we've all got an opinion. And uh, but we're, but what we've got to really look at the detail behind it is we're all contributing to that problem. But in saying that, now we're doing what we're doing is we're ramping up. So Thursday was good, full session. Uh, Sunday. Uh, yesterday we 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 had a session, but a couple couldn't train because of. The Saints game the day before, so uh, but uh, but you know we try to do as, as bit we can, and then you know we're ramping up this week. We've got lots of sessions, so I feel sorry for the the sort of partners of, of and of the players because obviously uh, what we're doing now is taking the players away for for a real sort of condensed period, and it's eating into their sort of private lives. So uh, apologies to the, to the uh, wives and girlfriends and and partners because uh, ultimately. It, We've, we've we've got to go for it now. You know, it's 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 um it's really important to get these sessions in where we've got everyone available and and try and cram in what we need to do. Uh, as you say, on the Marathi front, um, it has been a challenging um, few weeks, but it's not for a lack of talent, is it? Because as we saw on Friday, um, two players who've been uh, sort of heavily involved um, in those age group sides, Ben AC and Tim Apshin, you've also had at GFC, of course, um, joining Alex Scott of Bristol. Just uh, give us a sense of of your emotion at, at seeing that because sort of getting one there it, it was pretty amazing but actually now to see two more Guernsey boys heading over there to join him um, it must be you know you must have sort of sat down at the weekend and, and kind of reflect on that with some pride Absolutely uh, I think I'm going to start off by saying before I get sort of the armchair experts turn around and say that we Guernsey FC are trying to claim this you know the, the, it's it's not alright everybody has had an opportunity to develop those players uh, you know and, and um you know, lots of lots of people have had a massive positive impact on them all. Uh, what what we've now got is a defining pathway for Guernsey football. So, if you want to be a professional footballer, and you know, there's so many kids in Guernsey that want to be a professional footballer, even more so now, probably seeing Alex Scott. You know, I saw him at the weekend, and and uh, you know, loads of kids are going up to him, and that you know, he's he's he's. But he, he's just Alex Scott. He's just a local girl, and, and uh, he was, you know, he was fine with it all. But now we've got a lot of people, even more so, that want to be the next Alex Scott now, rather than, you know, before it was just a Matt Lassissier sort of. So it, it's fantastic. It's real now. And uh, with Alex and Ben, they both were attached to a, a professional club at an early age. Both got released at, at the sort of golden age of sixteen, when it all seems to happen for everybody, where they get released and it becomes real. So they had to come back to Guernsey football and it's difficult for them. Now, you know, in our local system, it's uh, it's a 
you know, it, it's a fun footballing environment where uh, you get to play with your mates. But you have to, if, if you've got aspirations to be a professional footballer, you've got to do more. And, uh, you know, playing senior men's football in the local league for the Prio team is, is a real step up. Uh, and then, but there was, before Guernsey FC, there was the final, the final piece of the pathway, which was to play against somebody different every week somebody you don't know, somebody that's going to probably smash you into row Z. Uh, you've got an opportunity then next week to do better um, against somebody, again, you don't know. So uh, suddenly you have to really sort of, uh, you're tested, you're challenged. And, it, and if you can pass that stage, then the next stage now is an opportunity to be a professional footballer. So, so Guernsey FC is giving that sort of final sort of piece of the, of the jigsaw in the pathway of Guernsey football now where we've got, you know, step-by-step -step approach all the way up to um, now professional football with, and luckily we've got a link with Bristol City. Um, I get on very well with Brian Tinian there and and, uh, and as you say, so for me, very proud, very proud to sort of see these guys uh, progress on and, and with Alex, it's just been phenomenal. Um, and uh, obviously Ben AC and that was the, was the second one. And uh, when he joined Guernsey FC, very similar to Alex, you know, so he, he'd kind of ticked off all the boxes all the way, you know, was was able to compete at Prio level, um, and was was you know turning heads. You know, it was Ben was too good for Prio football, if you like. So came into the Guernsey FC environment. He's training each week and got put down a peg or two by a few tackles here and there and and but got a bit realistic for him but um he managed to and he had the ability and, and the desire to sort of brush that aside and uh he was determined to get in the team got in the team made an impact and so it's like well okay he can go further so we managed to get him across and uh luckily he had a he had a, a good trial Kept it under under wraps until Bristol City posted his name in an under twenty three team sheet, and then all all sort of it all went a bit crazy. But uh, yeah, he, he did really well, and, and luckily they they looked and, and were really keen on him as well. So um, and that was two, which is brilliant. And then with Tim, you know, Tim was uh, Tim was always going to go away to college. Um, and you know, I knew I knew from his father that he was going away to, to sort of a sixth form college. That was the pathway they were looking to do. So whilst he was training with us, uh, he was playing very well for the Prio at Sylvans and, and and contributing and really looking like he you know he was too good for that level. For me, it was difficult because obviously he was never going to be an impact for us in terms of the future because I knew he was going away in in July to a college, but. He got to the tail end of the season where we needed some players and because he'd been training every week, he deserved his chance. He was desperate to play for us. He kept putting his thumb up every single week. So uh, I just felt that it was probably right to give him a go and, and what an impact. Um, and it was then I looked at this and thought, you know, maybe maybe there's an opportunity here with his age, with his pace, um, with with the opportunity there that perhaps he, he, he could... He could sort of make an impact at Bristol City rather than go away to the sixth form college. So I spoke to his dad. It was all about timing, really. He was on a real high. He was he was buzzing, so it was a good time to send him. And uh, so, so we got him over, and, and <laughs> they 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 liked the look of him very very quickly. And and uh, so there's three gone, which is which is amazing. So if you actually look at it sort of from a Guernsey FC point of view, uh, the club was set up to give aspirations to for players to 
to try and push on and be be a professional footballer. Uh, not only that, it's to try and push players on to come out of their comfort zone, playing week in, week out in Guernsey, uh, playing on a national level. So we've certainly ticked them boxes. OK, we're not, we're not winning as much as I'd like us to win, but it's hard. <laughs> it really is tough. And it's not, it's not easy when, you, when you've got three up-and-coming youngsters and you, you, you lose them to bigger and greater things. But that's what the club's set up for, to do. And, and that's another three that have gone away on top of, say, James Hammond, who had a little bit of an impact with Guernsey FC, Reese Jordan as well. Um, so so the, the, the pathway is now complete, I think. Like you say, Tony, you've got a very strong relationship with Brian Tinian. Um, he also said similar things on a podcast um, uh, I listened to over the weekend. And he's very grateful for almost like the scouting you do for him, I suppose, in that regard. Um, but he also mentioned that you sort of go over there and spend time at Bristol City. Can you give just a brief insight as to what sort of what awaits Ben and Tim and what you've sort of found out from Alex as well from his experiences so far? I know they've got sort of real mods, cons in terms of all their facilities now. They've really invested uh, hugely in their academy. So what can they look forward to once they arrive there? Yeah, I, I, like you say, I've been really lucky. Um, part of sort of... I think the arrangement, if you like, I've got with with Bristol City and and the, and the sort of relationship, uh, I'm I'm allowed to go over there if you like regularly, which is great for my learning opportunity. Um, sort of particularly had a, a good relationship with some sort of first team managers at the time, and and um, uh, when Lee Johnson was there, and, and he allowed me access all areas, so dressing rooms, you know, sort of seeing how it all goes on a first team day, uh, seeing the prep for for training. Um, all the analysis and everything about it. So for me, it was an unbelievable learning experience and tool. I think I've been over, I don't know, about eight or nine times now over 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 the course of the last sort of six years or so. And uh, you know, as you've mentioned, I get on very well with Brian, who, who's um, who's an excellent ambassador for that football club and, and a club legend. And and what he doesn't know is, <laughs> you know, he he his work ethic is relentless. He goes to so many games. So when I go over. You know, Monday we'll 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 end, we'll end up down Torquay watching watching a national league game down there. Then we'll be I don't know Swansea the next day watching a youth under eighteen game, and he knows every single player there is, um, everything about it. And so again for me, just sitting next to him and and seeing seeing levels of football was really important, really because because so I, when I go over, I watch all their under 15s academies, sixteens, eighteens. You know, twenty threes, first team, and and other clubs as well. Because jump in the car with Brian, off we go and watch a match, and do a bit of scouting for them as well, which is great. Because he'll say to me, "Oh, you know, we're going to watch this player today, which you know we're going to recommend to the manager." So uh, I'm going to. Um, he puts me under pressure. You know, what do you think of him? And I'm thinking, "Oh, is he, is he trying to catch me out here?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a bit bit sort of, uh, but it's all good. And uh, but but ultimately, from a Guernsey perspective, what it, what it allows me to do is see the the level of player, uh, the quality of players. So, and and the one thing I've learned very very quickly is 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 and Alex and Ben are a great example of that. Is that Brian always says to me, "You can tell a really good player because they can step up at every level." And with Alex and with Ben, I've seen that. Um, Alex even more so of course because what he's done is he's you know he under 16 local football was easy for him under 18s was easy for him Prio too good Guernsey FC training too good got to play in the Guernsey FC first team too good um, went over for his trial scored a hat-trick too good um, played in the under 18s they moved into the under 23s because he was too good under 23s into the first team and now he's too good probably for that so 
that taught me very early on what Brian said there was, wow, you know, I can see that. And, and so I've sort of watched that with Ben Acey a little bit as well. So, you know, it, it's a similar path. Obviously, he's got a long way to go yet. Um, so, but as I say, for, for me, it, what it does is it allows me to, when I sort of, when sort of, you know, Ben was desperate to, and his, his parents were desperate to sort of get him to Bristol City and get an opportunity. And, and I was trying to sort of, sort of just like, sort of get the timing right, make sure that he was ready because you, you, you perhaps only get one shot at it, really. And uh, what I needed to do was understand what they, what level of football they had, footballer they had at Bristol City. So it's pointless sending Ben to Bristol City if they've got three under 18 players that, that they think are going to make the first team because then Ben's pathway is blocked there. Uh, so it might be that we look, have to look at a different avenue. But luckily for Ben, um, they were looking for central midfielders at the time. So timing is everything as well. And But having known the players they didn't have in that position, uh, there was an opportunity there for him. And, and by me going away with, with, with those visits that I do, you know, and have done over the last six, seven years, you know, I know a lot of their players and what they've got coming through. So uh, you can see now that there, there is a window perhaps uh, so, and, and the other thing is, is that what I've also learned as well is that, you know, like like Alex Scott is a good example. Um, so they've released players who are older than him, who are very good, by the way. You know, I've, I've seen them play in the under twenty threes, and they're decent players. But they've released him because Alex was three years younger than them, and better. And and that's what it's all about. You know, it, you know, the age is is immaterial. You know, so you don't have to look at sort of someone your own age you probably should look at someone who's two years younger than you. So like when Ben and Tim go over, they're not only competing against players of their own age and year up, they're competing against players that are sort of 15, 16. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned an awful lot. And as I said, I'm indebted to, to the, you know, Steve Lansdowne, who's given me the opportunity to go over there. And, and obviously Brian Tinian, who's taken me under his wing to a certain degree and allowed me to, to go over there and, and, uh, and see all this firsthand and see, see how they prepare. You know, it gives me loads of ideas. And when it comes to analysis and data and all that sort of stuff, which is the way the game's going, I'm, I'm sort of wide-eyed. <laughs> so uh, our poor Guernsey FC players are getting <laughs> inund inundated with information and stuff now that I have to calm myself down. But I suppose the payback for Bristol City is they've got three players, haven't they? You know? <laughs> yeah, they're um, doing well at this. <laughs> yeah, so, so they're doing okay. And uh, I did say to Brian the other day, I said, any chance you can give me one back? Yeah. <laughs> he just laughed. I think one thing I noticed, and it struck me, having seen Alex go over and, and sort of force his way in almost sort of overnight, really. And then, you know, hearing uh, when Joe Adams went to Wigan, speaking to his dad and saying, well, you know, he's, he's pleased to be there. He wants to be in the first team next season. Is that sort of when, when it, and Alex first signed or signed that contract, you kind of, there's an element of thinking, well, you know, they'll go over to sort of almost not make up the numbers, but they'll have to wait for their opportunity or whatever. But it's now this sense that actually there'll be the confidence, presumably, in Ben and Tim that when they get there, they can just you know, barge their way as far as they can, really. They, they, you know, it, it's the sort of the door's been opened. Yeah, I think, I think so before Alex, Charlton went over and, and did really, really well. And it was bar an injury and uh, that he perhaps didn't step up and make the grade because really Charlton, I think, should be there. Uh, but I mean, unfortunately, it didn't happen for him. Uh, Alex... Uh, sort of the you know doing what he did in his trial you know as I said suddenly it was like wow you know and and then of course the rest is history and we're all seeing what's happening there so that's probably helped and paved the way for Ben and, and Tim 
to to get that opportunity. Um, and yeah, you know, ultimately, Alex has proven that it should the ceiling level shouldn't be under twenty threes. Go out on loan and and see if you're lucky. It, and and the mentality has to be you've got to get in the first team squad um, because as I said if you don't there's a 17 year old coming you know coming up behind you and and uh, going to take that place you know and and uh, it's a ruthless business for sure but you 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 know and you've got to you've got to take your chance uh, you've got to deliver uh, so um, I, I would imagine Ben and Tim will have slightly different pathways to Alex Alex is. Uh, in in many professional football clubs, uh, he I don't think he's <laughs> he's the norm. Uh, he's just gone, 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 gone. So he, he's bypassed loan period, loans. He's bypassed everything, you know, and and gone straight into the first team. Um, when I say straight in, you know, a couple of months work sort of thing. But he's had to deliver. Um, yeah, I think you know, it, it, with, there's so much out there at the moment. There's so much. Um, so opportunity, but but you have to take your chance, and you know it can be short and sweet. I mean, is this a blip? We waited so long for for, for players to come through and do this. To to have a few now, obviously, Mayor on the women's side has, has kind of you know blazed her trail. Um, as I say, Joe Adams as well has gone off. I mean, are, are, is this the new norm, or is this you know should we just be kind of celebrating these achievements and and, and thinking you know kind of what comes next? Well, the opportunity's there, isn't it? And um, you know, with all those players, they they've had uh, a lot of help along the way. You know, and and as I said, at no point here am I sitting here trying to claim any of it. Um, there is a process that I have to go through, which I'm, you know, I'll, I'll explain in a bit, just to sort of prove sort of what needs to be done. But you know, with Maya, Darren, you know, <laughs> worked tirelessly to to help her. Um, set up structures to to test her and challenge her, and so he he, he had a huge impact um, with with Joe and Tim. You know they they had that uh, sort of experience with playing with warmer guys and and sort of playing away and stuff like that. And they were always being challenged. They were always being thrown in in at the deep end. And and I'm sure that's you know, that's absolutely had a had a sort of positive impact on them. Um, and with with Ben um, and Alex. They both were at Southampton at an early age. So so there's been a lot that's happened behind the scenes to, to get them where they are. Uh, so it, it you know, with that with that pathway I've spoken about and Guernsey FC at that, you know, at the at the sort of top of it and the opportunity to polish off and, and sort of progress them that final step if if they need it, um, there still needs to be a lot of work done behind the scenes, you know, and, and so we need to make sure our structures are in place uh, to ensure that we can get that conveyor belt. But Absolutely, the talent over here is, is 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 there. It is there, but we've got to have a structure in place uh, to to make sure that they can progress. Um, because even you know, when I speak to lots of people, and I think people are starting to get it now. Uh, and I remember having conversations with with some youngsters. You know, my son wants to be a professional footballer, and you know, I always said, well, firstly, they need to get in the Guernsey FC team. And that and that actually is very hard. <laughs> it's not easy, <laughs> you know. Uh, it really isn't. Um, sometimes with, with with our with our system and the fact we have to go away, the logistical problems. You you might be able to nick a, a, a midweek away appearance if you know if you're in if you're in. But to play you know sustained level of football week in week out to get in that Guernsey FC team is some achievement in itself. So if you can do that at a young age, 
um, and you've got the, the, the mentality and challenge to fight to do that, which Ben did, Alex did, um, and Tim was trying to, uh, then then you've got the opportunity. But there needs to be a lot happen behind the scenes to, to, to get you to that level. Um, the rest, are, as I say, it's proven that we've got the opportunity. So I'm sure there's others available. I keep going on about this, this moat around our island. It, it's there to protect us. Uh, so... You know, there could. I mean, I know there's there's some really talented youngsters in the academy system, and and probably if they if we we're in England, they'd be playing for they'd be on I don't know, uh, MK Don's books or you know sort of uh, Brighton's books or something like that. If we we're attached to the UK, but we're not. So luckily, they don't know about them. So, but we've got to make sure we've got the structure in place so that we can either make them a very good um, Guernsey FC player, a good Prio player or even better, a professional footballer. Uh, and that's why we need to have that structure in place somewhere along the line. Just just sort of going on, you know, like with, with, with the sort of the Bristol City thing, you know, with with, with all the kids now and, and technology is going a long way in football. So there is a process. So with Alex, Ben and Tim, people won't know this and I think this is a good forum to share it. We're lucky enough to have some video analysis with us who work with our student interns through the Sports Commission and, and they do video analysis for us. And uh, between me and, and a couple of the guys, what we do is we, we prepare a sort of a two, three minute showreel of Tim's best bits, Ben Acey's best bits, Alex Scott's best bits. And that's the first process. I can pick up the phone to Brian Tinian and say, I think we've got a player here who's half decent, send me his clips. <laughs> and and so, so somebody has to go and produce those clips. Firstly, Ben and Tim need to be able to play in at a level where they're good enough to get the clips. Um, and then, But once you've got that showreel, that, that football CV, if you like, that becomes gold because you can pass it on to anybody and they're seeing them in the flesh and that gives them an opportunity to say, yeah, do you know what? Um, I wouldn't mind having a look at him. So so luckily I've got the relationship with Brian, then we've got the video clips, then it's up to them to deliver. So, so it's, you know, Guernsey FC does sort of finish it off, if you like, in, in, in all aspects. Um, and also provides that sort of video analysis, show real opportunity for the players, and then and then they, it's over to them. Then unselfishly, obviously, everyone in Guernsey football and everyone at Guernsey FC, I'm sure, will be overjoyed to see these guys going off and, and, and getting these opportunities. It, on the flip side of that, it's on a sort of selfish Guernsey FC front, is there any, you know, is there a net benefit to the project itself in a way of, you know, whether that's financial or otherwise? And obviously, you, you talked about the experiences and opportunities you get as a coach, but that, that are going to help GFC survive long term as a, as a sustainable project to give these guys the opportunities. I mean, can you put clauses in sort of contracts, if you like, or is there any money coming coming this way or ever? So that's the next step. It has to be. And uh, people are about to start cringing and, and spitting out their tea and coffee when they hear me say this. But um, I want to put it in realistic terms. So uh, obviously it's down to money. Uh, but for Guernsey FC, in my opinion, to go to the next level in terms of sustainability, in terms of uh, being competitive and challenging, we've got to look at, at sort of somehow protecting ourselves, right? Um and I'd love to be in a position where, you know, the clubs are protected as well because they are a massive part of the pathway. So if we look at Alex Scott, for example, people are touting him at 20, 30 million at the moment. Well, if if he was on a some form of contract with Guernsey FC in the interim, then you're protected to a certain degree. And, and then, you know, you, you're not going to you're not going to get and the realism is you're not going to get someone coming in and giving you five, 
500,000 straight away or, you know, 10 grand or whatever it might be, then, you know, but what it does is it, it protects you further down the line. So when they become a, or if they become an asset like Alex is now, you imagine the windfall that St. Martin's could, could deservedly have and Guernsey FC, you know, it is a small percentage of that transfer fee. Um, then that can go a long way to sustaining football for a very long time. And, and you know, that's what Bristol City are going to do if they, if they do um, ever get an offer for him is, of course, that money will go to them and, and it will allow them to to develop facilities, it will allow them to buy another couple of players, whatever. So so why shouldn't we be in that chain? Um, but it, there's a lot that needs to happen to that. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and money is, is the massive sort of part of that, really. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it 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 does sort of open uh, the sort of you know people's eyes a little bit. But um, I think Alex is a, a a very good example, scary example, because obviously you know not everyone's Alex Scott. <laughs> um, but I think for me, the most important thing is somehow how can we do that? How can we uh, protect our ourselves as well? And uh, as I said, I include the football clubs in that as well. Tony Vance there. You'll hear more from him on our full Marathi preview later this week, along with a full look ahead to the women's Marathi as well. That one coming back after a few years uh, on the sidelines. Um, just on the Marathi, news from our colleagues in Jersey today of more problems with the staging, um, the work that's been going on at Springfield. Uh, it's been delayed as uh, lots of building work is is, is sort of tending to, to go that way at the moment. Um, it means there's going to be a reduced capacity, I think, even on what the JFA had originally planned, down to 1,800 in total. Probably large areas of the ground are going to be uh, sort of off limits um, on Saturday. Jim, I know you're going over there, of course. It's a bit of a shame. What with the, the sort of police intervention in the Condor trip, now the stadium thing, you know, it should be this massive, exciting occasion, the return of the Marathi after all these years. And, it, and actually, as an occasion, kind of everything's working against it. Well, I hope all Guernsey fans have secured their tickets or access to the ground. The worst thing would be not to not to get in. But, I mean, one could be semi-serious and say that 1,800 would be more than enough for a Jersey crowd. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure how many we're taking. <laughs> well, let's move on to um, what's been happening on the pitch over the last seven days. Days um, after Rob boldly declared that St Martins would complete a clean sweep of trophies last week, they've uh, subsequently bowed out of the GFA Cup and the Jeremy Cup at the semi-final stages. Um, let's start with the second one first. Gareth, you were there on Saturday to see them take on St Peter. Are they running out of steam? Uh, it certainly looked that way in the first half. Don't they they just never got going in the first half. St Peter were pretty dominant and they thoroughly deserved to be tuning up at half time. It could have been more, to be honest. Saints really didn't pose much of a threat. They couldn't really string more than about two passes together. Um, they they looked like they missed Domiome quite badly. He was actually um, he was at Wembley on Saturday, so he wasn't available for that one. In the Liverpool end, so yeah, in the Liverpool end, he would have been quite happy. He'd been <laughs> one happy saint on Saturday. Um, so yeah, first half they basically got what they deserved, and it left them with a the mountain to climb. Um, they did respond pretty well. Second half they they looked a lot more threatening. Um, they they scored a, a bit of a fortunate goal. It was a good delivery from um, from the left hand corner from Danny Hale and uh, the the young uh, St Peter goalkeeper came out to try and collect it and missed it and it basically just hit Louis Hunter and went in the net and um, so they got half the deficit with about half an hour to go and a couple of minutes later the keeper made amends with a brilliant save um, from Cal Lasher 
Um, and but then after that, Saints never really sort of tested him. I mean, they did press for an for an equaliser, but they didn't come overly close. And yeah, sort of rub salt in the wounds right near the end when um, when they'd pe- push a lot of people forward. And uh, the St Peter substitute basically sort of kept going through tackles rather than round them, and ended up poking the ball home um, for for the. Um, for the ceiling goal of the match. But uh, yeah, I think St. Peter's certainly deserved it and Saints did look pretty tired. I mean, both certainly physically, but mentally as well. I think they're, they're getting sort of like, they're, they're in need of a rest now. Yeah, and that was a few days after the FA Cup semi-final, which finished on penalties. Uh, Jim, you at that one? Saints, you know, again, very dull first half, both sides, not, you know, nobody really creating anything. Rovers scored early in the second half and suddenly the game burst into life. And I've got to say, it was a terrific game. Um, you know, Saints kind of, you know, uh, n- never say die and, and, and battling on. Rovers almost transformed as a team from where they were four weeks ago when they were running out of steam and, and form and everything at the same time. Um, you know, it was end-to-end stuff in the end. Um, Finn Whitmore failed a fitness test but said, I'll, I'll give you 15 minutes at the end. Rovers brought him on when they were 2-1 down and it was he who scored the equaliser to take it to penalties. And then Rovers smashed him, or five of their penalties absolutely smashed him into the net. And even though Jason Martin got his hands, to, hands on two of them, uh, he couldn't keep them out. And uh, they went through 5-3 on penalties. So they face North in the final now, um, week after next. And Rovers, of course, the only senior club never to have won the FA Cup. So they'll be looking to put that one right. Yeah, I'm sure St Martins would have wanted to go on and, and complete that clean sweep. But I think for kind of Ireland football as a whole, it's nice to see um, two teams you know, in it with a chance of a bit of silverware. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Leon afterwards and he you know, did admit if there was one game they would have been prepared to lose, it was probably the FA Cup. You know, they wanted the inter-insular um, games more. Uh, and, you know, uh, sadly, of course, uh, now they're only in one of those finals. But, um, you know, it'd be nice for them to at least complete the hat-trick. Thanks very much, Jim. Well, that uh, FA Cup semi-final was the same night as the Stranger Cup final Um, Guernsey's under-18s beating North uh, 5-1 in that one, the first time that the under-18s have won that competition um, since they've been involved. And it was an interesting one, Gareth, as you, I think, uh, alluded to in, in your write-up. Um, you know, a great night for North, but they didn't win. <laughs> Northerners scored every goal of the six, which um, <laughs> if you told them that before the match had started, they'd probably be highly delighted. But when, when you sort of like lose 5-1 with five of your own juniors scoring against you, I suppose it's, it's quite a, a bitter pill to take. But I mean, I thought the under-18s were really, really impressive. they um, I saw them in the semi-final against Sylvans, which, I mean, they, they won 1-0, but I, th- I thought it was a, probably a more comprehensive victory than the scoreline suggests. Um, but they, they do look really confident. Without There's no arrogance about them, but they just look a confident outfit when they go out um, facing these senior clubs. And they really took the game to North. Some of the just the movement and fluidity of their of their attacking play was just really impressive. And they just they're all on the same wavelength. And um, yeah, they even even missing sort of like their main striker in Keen Domal, who was ill, unfortunately. Um, yeah, they scored five. They could have had more. It was just really really uh, impressive from from that point of view. Yeah, and as you say, Ben AC and Keen Domal, obviously with their involvement in GFC towards certainly as far as Keen's concerned towards the end of the season. And, you know they've, they've kind of taken a fair chunk of the limelight but actually some of those other players who we saw in action um, up at Blanche Pierre Lane were you know they put on some really impressive performances um, Jamie Smith um, who was on the score sheet um, he looks particularly decent yeah he um, he was rightly awarded the Rex Bennett Memorial Trophy as man of the match I thought he had a really really good game 
um, sort of come half time, we sort of started mulling over who might be man of the match. Ben Aciel obviously was quite impressive, as, as you'd expect. Um, but Jamie Smith had already started sort of pushing his claims through it, and he was outstanding second half. He, he really was. Um, but I, I just thought across the park, they, they just all do their jobs so well. I mean, the two wide players, uh, Finn Duport and Archie Drillo, they were very effective in what they did. Um, Sam Heathcote has really impressed me every time I've seen him. His, his awareness is just sort of mature beyond his years, and uh, he, he just doesn't give the ball away. It's it's pretty simple. He, he sort of breaks up play um, from the opposition and then gives it to his teammates, which it's, it's as simple as you want it to be. But that's it's, it's amazing how difficult some people find it to do. Um, but Sam was really impressive. Um, obviously, George McNeil scored the the opening goal and. Um, he took that one really well, actually. I thought the chance had gone, and all of a sudden he stuck it in the net anyway. So um, it's just a really good performance. I, during, in my report, I didn't really mention the back three because they just basically did their job solidly. They didn't have an awful lot to do, but certainly um, uh, Seb Vance as captain um, marshals his troops really well, and Ben Solway and Finn Belnavis, they they look pretty strong at, at centre-back as well. So no, it was just a, just a really impressive a squad that has been put together there with by Angus Mackay. Um, shame they didn't win their junior Marathi. It sort of almost came at the wrong time for them in terms of um, they hadn't really had much of a get-together before then because the stranger stuff had already taken place. And um, Yeah, I'd lo- I'm sure they'd love another chance at that Jersey side right now on the, on the high after winning the stranger. Yeah, at least something for them to take away from the season. Just finally, um, the inter-island stuff has been continuing uh, at a pace as well. Sylvan's under-16s unfortunately beaten 3-0 um, on Sunday at home by St Paul's in the John Liat. Um, Tim Apshon didn't play in that one, though he was there on the side um, to watch his club team. Um, some praise for Sylvan's uh, keeper, um, Tom Bugays on Twitter. Definitely sounds like one to watch out for. Even St Paul's um, were, were giving him some um, credit for his performance in that match. Uh, better news for North's under-18s on Saturday. He went over to Springfield and brought back the Portsmouth under-18 trophy after a thrilling game against Wanderers. Um, 4-3 they won that one and it sounded like an absolute humdinger. Yeah, it's one of those things that you're sort of keeping track of it on Twitter. And um, Wanderers managed to go 2-1 ahead with about five minutes to go. And, and then... Twitter did its usual thing of going silent for a while thinking oh what's happening here and then the next thing you know North have won 4-3 after extra time but that's a that's a great result for them um, it shows just great as well as the great ability a lot that North youngsters have it um, shows the character they've got too they kept fighting they managed to get the uh, a late equaliser and um, go on to win it in extra time so it was uh, just a a really, really good performance on away soil from North. Yeah, well done also to Rovers on their Corbett Cup success last week. Um, always big occasion, that one. Uh, it is a really busy time. The uh, Prio League has come to a close. Um, it feels like it's been a sort of drawn-out finale, what with Saints wrapping up the title um, with a couple of games to go. Um, Rovers beating Velrec 6-0 on Saturday in the final game of the season to clinch that top three spot in a wee-way place. Um, so yeah obviously St Martin's uh, fairly well clear and beaten at the top North second Rovers third uh, Sylvan's fourth then Bells Alderney Velrec Manza and Rangers propping up the table uh, this season Um, as we get towards the end of the season on the podcast we'll have a bit more reflection on the FNB Premier League campaign as a whole to come Um, I think that's just about all we've got time for now because there's uh, lots to get on with this week We'll be back later in the week, as I say, with a full Marathi preview. So do keep an ear out for that one. Um, for now, do give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. GuernseyPress.com is your place to go online and pick up a paper 
uh, every day this week as we build up to uh, an absolutely massive weekend of, uh, of island sport, of inter-island sport, um, including the Marathi, the very best local football coverage to be found there. So uh, we'll leave it there. Gareth, thanks very much and uh, see, see you later in the week. Thank you.